Captain! Signature's detected. Shield up. Welcome to the greatest discovery. It's a new Star Trek podcast from the makers of the greatest generation. I'm Adam Pranica. Barely alive, I'm Ben Harrison. You know, a lot of people like to say Ben and Adam are fighting, <laughs> but the thing is that uh, you slash you and I are sick a lot more than we're fighting. Yeah. Ben's sick again. <laughs> Ben's sick again. I don't know what I had, but uh, I went out to to dinner on the on Sunday night with some friends, came home and just, it was coming out both ends in a bad way. Oh, God. Yeah. And I, I'm like, I'm like just over a different bout with COVID. So I'm like, I spent an entire another day in bed. You're a one bathroom household too. So yeah, it's a dicey situation for everyone involved. Well, yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, there wasn't much call to go for the bathroom the next day. So yeah, I, I basically spent the whole night up doing that. And What uh, did you eat? Ben, you always do this. You get the thing that maybe it's not even on the menu. You're like, hey, I, was, I heard you do it. You're ordering from the secret menu, come aren't on, you? man. I was out with friends. I wasn't ordering weird shit. <laughs> you only do that with me, right? It was a it was a small plates, past appetizer kind of place. It wasn't even... <laughs> I, didn't, I had no fucking influence over what got ordered. None of the stuff that got ordered was stuff I would have ordered if I had been in the driver's seat. I'm such a jerk, man. I'm victim blaming you, and I shouldn't be. It's not your fault, Ben. I don't even know it's if it's the fault. restaurant's fault. You you pointed out earlier that there's a large number of norovirus cases that get falsely attributed to food poisoning, and nobody else got sick at this thing. So yeah, I'm just a weak. I have a weak system. I'm a weak man. Oh, jeez. And if anyone had bet on who would be the one with the digestive problems on this show <laughs> lately, I'm yeah. also surprised by this. I would yeah. have bet me. It's always me. Unlike the targ in today's episode, it was not an honorable movement. <laughs> no, your movement was without honor. It was deeply yeah. dishonorable. But I'm alive. I'm uh I'm I'm at like sixty percent right now. I'm trying to I'm trying to bring the energy because we've just got this one episode to record today. Oh, I like it. Yeah, leave it all out on the field, Ben. I'm, yeah, I'm not saving anything for the swim back. I'm I'm drinking the blue drink of trying to get rehydrated after not being able to consume anything for twenty four hours. You've got that one show energy that uh, <laughs> that everyone appreciates. Yeah. Everyone can hear the difference between that and two show energy. Oh yeah. Which is I'm gesturing broadly most other shows. Most most other greatest gen or greatest yeah. discovery episodes uh-huh. really come with that two show energy. Yeah. So let's let's bring it. Let's bring the firepower to this episode of Lower Decks, Ben. It's season two, episode nine. Three ships. The episode title on screen looks like Clum Avon. <laughs> I was imagining that that might mean lower decks in Kling- Klinganese, but uh, right. you're saying it means three ships. Yeah. There's way more than three ships in this episode. This is fucking bullshit. Everyone knows that uh, Clen means ships and Avnon means three. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Did you ever get the Klingon dictionary when you were, uh, when I bought it, I was in junior high. Like maybe I was in elementary school. I was that young. I was that kid wow. with the paperback of the Klingon dictionary trying to teach myself a foreign language. <laughs> uh-huh. Something that I would learn later is an impossibility for me. I just, my I can't do it. I don't have the head for it either. How you, You've been studying Polish though. How's that going? If I could answer you in Polish, I would, but I can't. I can't even say bad. Hey, I have a good trick here. Okay. Man haver is from Poland. That's that's Yiddish for my friend is from Poland. Wow. <laughs> Listen to you just throwing it in my face like that. 
I've been uh, I've been having fun, but it's 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 like the most useless language to learn because nobody really I I will not have anyone to speak it with. Like I'm sure that we have like at least a few listeners that's that uh, have studied Polish, maybe some that speak it natively. I don't know, but uh, I'm sure that I pronounce some of that wrong. <laughs> the way I remember things is through trauma, <laughs> and and the best kind of trauma for me. Mm. is finding myself in a foreign country unable to speak the language mm-hmm. and just needing to out of necessity yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Somebody was relentlessly beating you with a <laughs> Polish sausage and <laughs> It sounds like you've got a lot of free time for language learning, Ben, not unlike the crew of the Cerritos which has 12 hours. Oh, just a championship pivot. 12 hours was not the long warp I was expecting. The 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 description was during a long warp in the uh, on the screener, and I was like, oh, man, they're going to be out at this for days. It's just 12 hours. Nothing is made of the type of temperament, which would be, which would be the energy that I would bring to such a thing, which is like 12 hours. All right. <laughs> I am not sleeping at all. I'm going all the way through until the morning. Yeah, like, yeah. things are going to get weird. I'm using up every <laughs> second of this free time. I thought it was very uh, tasteful that during Freeman's captain's log, when she says the thing about a long warp that's going to take 12 hours, it just cut to a shot of Janeway with a single tear rolling down her cheek. (laughs) Yep. Boimler walks into the restaurant and uh, finds his buddies, the betas there. You know, it's it's funny. there's, There's a moment in this shot that like, like Jerry and George are always sitting at the same table. Mm-hmm. In the diner, uh-huh. and similarly, the betas are always sitting at the same table in the restaurant on the Cerritos. But Tendi does that, like, "Ooh, Boims, we're over here." She like waves her arm <laughs> <laughs> high over her head. <laughs> yeah, as if that weren't going to be the first place he'd look. Yeah, exactly. But they they have to figure out what they're going to do with all this free time. And Boimler uh, in, uh, invites everyone to a Stratagema tournament. He wants to play finger condoms with them. This is so sad because Boims assumes that everyone else is having the same problem that he's having, which is free time and how to fill it. Yeah. Everyone's already filled their free time. All you guys are spending work with a bridge buddy? It's not a big deal. Oh, yes, it is. Socializing with a commander can be a huge factor in getting a promotion. It's commander hangout day. And uh, that was, Boimler did not get out ahead of that. It's like in a sophomore year film production class when I was in college when everybody was paired off into into teams. And I was like, wait, what are the teams? And they were like, oh, these are the people that you're going to be in the team with in this class for the entire semester. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) It's you, you, and Diarrhea Ben. <laughs> <laughs> you're so you're so happy that the diarrhea issue is on the other foot. <laughs> Forevermore, I will not be <laughs> the one painted with that gross, gross brush. <laughs> Uh, I got news for you, Adam. I merely adopted the diarrhea. You were born there. <laughs> I don't think you'd like it. It's at the end of the scene that Boim's waxes hypothetical about how much better it's got to be for the lower decks on the Klingon ships. And we cut right to the bird of prey, Chita. In, I love my titles this big. Yeah. Give the titles to me top to bottom. Fill the frame. <laughs> Yeah, very like Wes Anderson style yeah. titles on this episode. And yeah. uh, on the Chita, we meet our four Lower Decks characters. Uh, our main guy, I think is named Ach. Mm-hmm. And uh, I initially thought that the, the case being made here was that this was like a directly analogous, like there is going to be a the Tendi of a Klingon ship. I'm glad they didn't do that. Part of what made me think that was that there's a a Klingon on this ship that has the same scar and cloudy eye that Shax has, and and so <laughs> I was like, the an- analogousness of this is going to get dialed in more and more over the course of the episode. But they they kind of kept it subtle. Yeah, instead it's more about how the lower decks here and and in other places eat the same type of shit as anywhere else, and also tease each other just as much. Right. Yeah, um, 
I liked uh, I liked seeing it. The though the uh, the bunk beds have been replaced with net uh, hammocks, which seems like a kind of uh, kind of a nice, comfy, relaxing way to hang. Everyone thinks a hammock is so comfortable. I don't think hammocks are comfortable at all. Oh no, I can't get comfortable with in a hammock. Oh well, when it's when it's half full of diarrhea, I could see why that would be. I would argue that because this is a Klingon ship, the Klingons know that hammocks are uncomfortable, <laughs> and that's why their lower decks are filled with them. They're always trying to like make the case that they like discomfort by slapping their hand down on a hard steel bed. Right. But yeah. I think that in, in reality, they do enjoy some creature comforts, Gach being one of them. Uh, though the analogy doesn't go much further than this, Ach is definitely a similar guy to Boims in that he is a real uh, ladder climber and he sees a big opportunity for himself because Commander Tog has been real lippy with the captain of this ship and Ach has a has a shift on the bridge today. So he's he's thinking maybe he can get the big promotion up to Commander if, if Tog and the captain get in a, in a knife fight. It's at this moment in time I started to think about when we would hear Kaboimler do his scream. <laughs> I was on the lookout for that. Yeah, absolutely. For the rest of the episode. But they discuss uh, what it would be like to be Lower Decks on a Vulcan ship. And as they make fun of this, we, uh, we cross-cut to another ship, the third and the three. It's the Vulcan cruiser Cheval and... We get a slightly different temperature in the room here from <laughs> the first two locations. It's the same sort of shit eating because it's it's menial tasks. Yeah. And there is some teasing involved, obviously, but it was in this scene that I started to grasp that the similarities were, you know, not only the teasing, not only the shit eating, but also the crabs in a bucket quality of what it's got to be like at this level of things on a ship because our main character in the Vulcan scenes is Talyn and she makes the case that there's a person in every group like this who wants a little bit more for themselves. Yeah. But the others in her group won't help or choose to harm those chances. Yeah. I mean, um, she is a tryhard who is doing interesting stuff, applying her own algorithms to the ship's sensors, picking up Metreon particles, and instead of encouragement or admiration, this is met with suspicion, and her crewmates basically treat her like she's like a total fucking maniac. Something about this feels off. Feels off? You have been spoken to about this before, Talyn. It's wild, like if you're up for a promotion... In Vulcan culture, none of the qualities that make you a good candidate in any other culture are at play. Like, how do you distinguish yourself by being undistinguished, you know? Right. Should I, mean, I she... say indistinct? Is that is that the proper English way to say it? I don't know. I don't know. Fire up Duolingo and see if you can figure that out. <laughs> yeah. I'm the only host on the show taking Duolingo English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she's she's picked up this anomaly. She also uses kind of language to describe what she's doing that are real red flags in a Vulcan context. She's talking about like gut instincts and feeling like she should do something and mm -hmm. lots of single eyebrows get raised on foreheads all over this room. Pretty fun pronunciation of sensors mm -hmm. again in this scene you know they're gonna ring that bell yeah and nobody makes fun of it no that's the, that's the nice thing about working on a vulcan ship is you can say sensors and people won't bat an eye they won't even lift an eyebrow well ben you can't be on a klingon ship any longer than a few minutes before uh someone challenges the captain of that <laughs> ship and dies for it and that's what happens when we're back on the on the Klingon ship bridge. Yeah. It's Kaboimler who, uh, in trying to get in good with the captain, drags away the body. Yeah. There's always a body dragger on the ship. Klingon janitorial has got to be a very busy job. <laughs> Indeed. Um, I was very happy to see purple Klingon blood yeah. in this scene. 
something that uh, I think all of us who came of age in the undiscovered country era. Hamlet, act three, scene one. Want to see more of. I always saw it as hot pink. Am I colorblind? No, I th- we- you're right. I mean, it's purple. It's on the purple end of the spectrum. All I'm it looks like delicious bubblegum. <laughs> Pepto-Bismol. It's great stuff. And, and I want to note that every time we see a Klingon die in this episode, it is another great bit of animation. Like yeah. the way that the eyes get red around the outsides, the way they spin up, like Really good-looking death scenes in this episode is what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. They, they've really figured out how to make liquid look good on this show. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, speaking of liquid, Boimler brings a uh, glass of some sort of refreshment over to Kayshawn, trying to buddy up with a bridge officer. And he, uh, Boimler has been doing... Uh, has been doing Duolingo Tamarian. Oh, Anzac and Vila as children. But he's not that good at it. He's a, he's got about uh, my level of skill in Yiddish. Um, Carno in the forest with Myra. I love this scene because like anything else in Lower Decks, it starts out so good. Yeah. Boimler is on his way to somewhere good with Kayshawn. But then again, like many stories in Lower Decks, Hanging around too long in success automatically triggers the failure that yeah. follows. Like, you need to leave early on Lower Decks <laughs> if you're one of the characters. Leave before the tragedy. Right, right. It is hard to lose weight when you can replicate any food you want. No, 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 that's not what I meant. Dang it. Yeah, Irish goodbye the, <laughs> the party is yeah. the way to go. Um, yeah, I'm also just always here for the trope of somebody trying their hardest in a language they don't have down pat and it being accidentally hyper insulting. Right. He's out of there. So Boimler uh, invites himself into the pottery class that Shax is teaching. And uh, uh, he talks to Rutherford because, of course, Rutherford has Papa Bear, but he also has uh, the head of engineering. So Boimler's like, hey, man, share some of the wealth here. But uh, he really steps in it with Papa Bear, too. Can't bring up Bajor around Shax. Shax really has a lot of no-go topics. (laughs) (laughs) I love... Like, I don't believe this is performative from Shax. I think he truly believes he did everything he could to fight fascism, and he will not brook (laughs) any little bit of an idea that he did anything else besides that. Right. And this is, like, something that we, we... came to understand about Kira. She shot a bunch of Cardis back in the day, but she also partied with her friends. Yeah. And she enjoyed a pizza every once in a while. (laughs) I love the non-straight line between Shaq's enjoying throwing pottery and the thing that you and I know about Bajorans is that they love pizza ovens. Right. And how else do you build one? Right. There's an A to C happening there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You you say you're building an ashtray, Shaq's. We know what you're really doing. (laughs) Another brick for the oven. (laughs) In the Klingon ship's mess hall, uh, we get a continuation of Kaboimler's story. He's the guy that does the wine run. Much in the same way as as the Lower Decks people occasionally in that first season got invited to the McLaughlin groups and, you know, got to witness all of the good food, got to feel the soft chairs. Kaboimler's in there, like, just there to replenish the wine, just there to get shit on by other people in the room. It's not great. There's a white-haired officer I'd, who I'd say is like especially bullisome to him. But uh, Kaboimler kind of catches the captain's attention because he drops a reference to the Battle of Clock de Kelbracht, which is a, uh, <laughs> a thing we've uh, heard referenced pull, a few times. I mean, I'm just writing down notes from the episode. But... I, but like How core. much of this episode did you watch from the bathroom? <laughs> How fucking dare you? That would have been yesterday. Battle of Clocktical Brocked. Yeah. Kor was in it. We know Kor. Yeah. He's, he's one of the one of the OG Klingons. And uh, the captain's even more impressed than you are, Adam. He's like, oh, <laughs> I didn't think these young whippersnappers knew about Clocktical Brocked. Kaboimler knows all the lyrics to that song. <laughs> uh, he gets sent on the wine run. 
but the seed has been planted in the captain's mind. Right. So we're on Kaboimler's side at the end of this scene. Uh, we need to feel the same way about Talin. So we get the scene on the Vulcan ship that follows where she gets a, a real dressing down by her captain who in a feeling that pervades the entire series, like is an authority figure who accepts the lower decks person's findings or, or results or whatever while rejecting their methods. Right. Yeah. Like when you, uh, you got the right answer on a math problem, but showed the wrong work. Totally. And you, for some reason, fail that test. Yeah, yeah. Because you didn't do it their way. So he decides to retask the ship. They're going to go on a slightly different course than they were previously going on uh, because of this anomalous reading that she's gotten. But her, her punishment is that she has to sit in two days of silent meditation. I would love that punishment so much. <laughs> I would love to just be quiet and have people quiet around me. Mm. That, that does seem kind of nice. I recommend uh, food poisoning. <laughs> you know what? If that's the cost, <laughs> if that's the cost, I pay it every other week. <laughs> we got a little Star Trek V reference here, Adam. Boimler visits Teana and uh, Tendi on the uh, face of uh, El Capitan in holodeck Yosemite. Boimler is wearing Spock's rocket boots when he zooms up there. And for some reason, Dr. Katz- Her name is Dr. Tana. Is upset that Boims didn't bring his own gear, where Dr. Katz has no gear for this, right? Yeah. I mean- She's, she's sort of a gear hypocrite. She's got a rope and that's it. I mean, is that what she's talking about? I don't know. She's mad that he doesn't have a rope? You should be allowed to, to use rocket boots without a rope. Yeah. Seems seems like the rope would just get tangled up in the boots, and then you, you'd have a, a huge problem on your hands. Right. Is right. this the first time we've seen Dr. Katz's tail? No. We've seen it before, like when she hopped into that box. Oh, the box probably that when her she was naked. Scratching post. Yeah. And yeah, we saw, her, we saw her naked in the naked scene. Yeah. This is this is the moment in the episode that I uh, I was like, oh right, like they do have to get the Boimler scream in every single episode of this show. Yeah, the the boots suffer some kind of failure. A little bit of speculation about whether the holodeck safeties are on or not, but uh, Boimler plummets and uh, lands on a tree branch, bonks his noggin. It is kind of a new spin on an old favorite, though. They don't just do the same scream every time, right? No. I like cutting to the wide shot on the Boimler scream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those are two great tastes right there. Yeah. I mean, he's got he's got a lot of range scream-wise. I feel like they could release a whole album of these. Boimler's not the only one who's screaming because after the commercial break, Boims walks in on Mariner and Freeman screaming at each other during Dustbuster target practice. Yeah. The mother-daughter hang is not the one you want to crash. <laughs> It's hard to tell who's having a worse day. I mean, is it Boimler just going place to place trying to find a home for his 12 hours or Mariner and Freeman who are not getting along here whatsoever? Yeah. You don't want to argue with someone holding a dustbuster, right? <laughs> yeah, it really does raise the stakes of that. Um, yeah. Mariner does not like the way... Uh, Freeman has put her business in the streets and is threatening to have the ship's temperature adjusted to uh, accommodate Freeman's hot flashes. <laughs> yeah, to menopausal levels. Yeah. Which do you think is the more likely uh, merch item to come out of this episode? The Ritos t-shirt or the Go Climb a Rock sweatshirt? It's the Ritos shirt 100%, yeah. I think. It's coming out, right? If Star Trek were going to put out the Go Climb a Rock shirt, they would have done it 30 years ago. <laughs> if that is a shirt that you get, no matter what shirt ship you're you're serving on, there's like a cute abbreviated version of the ship's mm -hmm. name on a shirt for when you're working out. What is it for the Enterprise? I was thinking that it would be Enter. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wouldn't it have to be enter? It's either enter or prize, right? <laughs> Here's what we should do, Ben. We should make what we believe <laughs> the Enterprise shirt is and put that in our own store. Podshop.biz? Let's put it in podshop.biz. Let's let the market decide, Ben. <laughs> we put both shirts in the store. One enter, one prize. Wow, we A-B it? We A-B it and we just lose a ton of money. Yeah. We just like eat <laughs> just... a lot of shit on that choice because oh, man. Ben- Merch jokes are unsustainably expensive. They're basically eating us alive. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For the love of God, (laughs) podshop.biz. Boimler kind of castanzas himself into a bit of a problem after this because he walks into a elevator where Ransom and a chaotic bro and another crewman are standing talking Hawaii. And Boimler sort of implies he's Hawaiian and then doubles down on the lie and out and out says he's Hawaiian. He's, he claims to be from a place he is not from. He's, he's, he's repping a couple of streets that don't even cross. There's a kernel of truth here. Like, this doesn't just come from nowhere. Lying about being from Hawaii definitely seems like a common thing that people yeah, have yeah. done <laughs> in situations like these. Well, I think I feel like that tension is especially delicious once you get to the payoff of this. Right. That his like kind of vague like let's catch a wave being his mm-hmm. cultural reference. Yeah. Uh, is, is all he needs to sell this to these people. Only people who grew up on the islands like us could describe it like that. I think the order of operations here is really crucial too. Like we need to see Boimler kicked in the nuts. I think I think it happens five times before he finally finds his turbolift tribe here. <laughs> yeah. Like that's what you need for him to be desperate enough to do this. Speaking of kicking people with last name Boimler in the nuts, Kaboimler comes into the uh officer's mess on the Klingon ship with that barrel of blood wine. The white haired Klingon falls over drunk on top of him and the captain walks out at, and says like, hey, walk my targ when you get a minute, when you're, when you're done fucking around with this white-haired guy. This is just Gene Hackman from Crimson Tide shit, right? Like I, I half expected there to be a cut to the walk scene and the targ's just like pissing all over <laughs> someone's hammock or whatever. Yeah. Captain's allowed to have a dog. How do you think they would handle that on this show? Because they've definitely like made a point of cutting away from barfing and stuff. Does a Targ have two dicks? Oh, man. No one's rubbing this Targ's belly, so we don't get a good look at uh, what's going on down there. Yeah. Unfortunately, this day is not going quite the way Ach wanted, and not going quite the way uh, Talin wanted either. She's uh, she's in the yoga studio on the Vulcan ship, and um, all of her other lower deck mates come in and start making fun of her in that ultra-passive-aggressive way that was established in the uh in the 2009 Star Trek film. And I really like that through line in all of these scenes. There is a combination of words here that I really loved. Punitive spiritualism. And the context of it is is like Talin is is rejecting the sincerity of the spiritualism and accepting it as a punishment instead in a way that isn't working for anyone else in the group. And it isn't clear if she rejects the theatrical puritanism or just really wants to put her job first. And I kind of wish we got a real answer to that question. Like, right. I would guess, I would bet even, that it's just about the job for her. And she's willing to sacrifice the purity of her spiritualism in order to accomplish whatever she's trying to do professionally. But I don't know. She's like working on an iPad while she's in the yoga studio. And I feel like that would feel like a an act of great disrespect in mm-hmm. certain contexts, like being in a space like that and just being like, hey, I'm like fucking around on my iPad. But she was in there by herself doing it. And they all right. came they in. They walked in on her. Yeah. This is what I've said to you, Ben. Yeah. You walked in on me. And I'm like, yeah, but but like we both bear the cost of this Airbnb uh, charges us an excess cleaning fee for this bathroom. This is our green room. <laughs> <laughs> 
So anyways, uh, she, she is pretty defiant. She is not going to stop doing her side hustle project right. uh, for these jerks. Which is a thing we don't have specifics on quite yet either. Yeah. And I think that helps. Yeah. She didn't join the Vulcan fleet to make friends. <laughs> right. So middle of the day, I guess, uh, we're, we're somewhat somewhat of the way through the 12-hour warp when uh, all of the lower decks are back in the bunk beds, catching a change of clothes in, in, in Boimler's case. Um, but Boimler's really worried about this whole, like, I kind of lied my way into a bridge buddy situation. And uh, his friends are uh, arguing for definitely <laughs> gotta come clean. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're right. This is a great scene to come after the previous scene specifically because it's the antithesis of the sanctimony that we got with the Vulcans, right? The weaponized sanctimony of that. Like, Boims' friends are actually sincerely there for him and trying to help him out of this awful situation that he's found himself in. That he's put himself in, really. He did this. We've talked about uh, how good this show is at social satire, and I I, I should have had that front of mind because when he walks in and it's like a beach bar with Coco No-Nos and ukuleles, I was like, God, this is so cringy. I can't believe that this is what they're representing as like a bunch of people from Hawaii doing in there. Right. And like so much other comedy like this, you, you need to let it play out to understand the goal of its satire. Right. That's why I'm always telling people, listen to the whole run of Greatest Generation before you judge us. Yeah. You have to listen to all 400 and whatever episodes of both shows. And then you can judge me. Judge the hell out of us. Yeah. (laughs) The one thing I loved in that scene was in the background, the chaotic bro alien has a lay on, but it's like like looped up over his vape. (laughs) device <laughs> it so doesn't great. it doesn't hang easily because of his vape device <laughs> i love that so much yeah i have tried so many meal services over the years after all i am a podcast host and i got to tell you factor meals is my favorite why because i can go from what am i going to have for dinner to eating a great dinner in exactly two minutes with Factor Meals. And don't sleep on their smoothies either. I got six of these in the box this week. Mango, tropical fruit, strawberry or banana. They're all amazing. They're like meal supplements I can enjoy while I'm on the go. Head to factormeals.com slash trek50 and use the code trek50 to get 50% off. Again, that's the code trek50 at factormeals.com slash trek50 to get 50% off. What do you think of when you think of male grooming? Maybe it's a sharp haircut and a little bit of product, or a bit of the old beard wax twisted into the ends of a mustache. Maybe it's a shower, a shave, a little spritz of fragrance. Me? I think of shaving my nuts. And not just my nuts, all around those nuts. I'm talking all around those nuts. And this form of male grooming is hard to do when your junk looks like a log of Play-Doh rolled through a dustpan in a barber shop. It's wrinkly, it's wriggly, nothing stays in place, and it's the one area where you don't want to have an accident. That's why I'm glad we're sponsored by the spring cleaning champions at Manscaped. They sent me their brand new lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. It's their fifth generation trimmer, featuring two interchangeable next-gen skin-safe blade heads, a standard one for taking a little bit off the top, and a new foil blade to go smooth wherever your heart desires. They also sent me an extra-large Manscaped t-shirt, which I will never wear, but it was nice of them to do. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TREK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code TREK at manscaped.com. Nothing like a little spring cleaning in your pants. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. 
The episodes will be amazing and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. On the Klingon ship, Kaboimler meets up with Captain Dorg. He's finished walking the Targ. It took an honorable dump. You wouldn't know anything about that. Jet Commander Tor's leg, right? (laughs) Yeah, past a limb. Wow. Dogs love just eating strange shit off of the sidewalk. That's true. If you're a Targ on a Klingon ship, that's got to be great for you. You're always going to find bones and meat on the ground to eat. Can you imagine how happy a dog would be if it found a bowl of gach? Oh, that'd be the best. (laughs) There is a fucking bomb dropped in this scene, Adam. Yeah. Captain Dorg is the one behind this whole Packled situation. I do not understand. Packleds have an insatiable hunger for power. I can use that. Yeah, and Kaboimler's put into a predicament here because while he has always been chasing that seat, he's wanted advancement in his career. Now he's realizing that in order to be second command, he's got to serve a guy who is making a secret alliance with the Packlids. Yeah. It's it's interesting because like the like Kaboimler was an impressive candidate for the commander job to the captain because of all his, uh, you know, prizing Klingon traditions and knowledge of Klingon history and mm-hmm. really adder- adherence to the Klingon way of life. But that also kind of inoculates him against Captain Dorg's evil plan because he considers it dishonorable to use packleds to advance a Klingon military agenda. It's gross as hell to Kaboimler, but now he's second in command, and that means he gets to beam over to the packled ship with his captain. The packled spaceship packled. Right. (laughs) One of my favorite details about this scene is when they put the packled on the viewer for for the captain to talk to, and the captain has to get his attention. (laughs) Packlet! Oh, hi! The Cerritos uh, is picking up this same Metreon shit and has to, uh, and and retasks its own warp. And they they come upon the Klingon ship and the Packlet ship while uh, Captain Dorg and Kaboimler are over on the bridge of the Packlet ship. The Packleds set off the uh, the bomb that we've heard t- tell of earlier in the season uh, to test it, but didn't realize that once you set off a bomb, you can't use it a second time. And this is starting to color in the empty areas of the story, right? Like this explosion could have and did attract the attention of everyone else in the area. So when we think about that energy reading that they picked up on the Vulcan ship, and then later on picked up by the Cerritos, we understand, yeah, that's what it was the whole time. Yeah. The stupid pack lids. This turns into a pretty major space battle pretty quickly. And yeah. I thought this was really well done. Uh, Ransom and the Hawaiian crew get stuck in a hallway when some girders fall down. And this is when Boimler takes a seat on on a girder and drops the M-bomb. Sir, I'm from Modesto, California. I can't think of anything more humiliating (laughs) than that. But uh, every single other person 
there, including Ransom, admits they too are not from Hawaii. Not only is no one else in this group from Hawaii, they are all coincidentally from similar places. And by Boehm's not being from a place lunar, mm-hmm. uh, he is excluded yet again. Yet again. He's not a moonman. They're such jerks. They should have seen that they, they were all trying to fake the funk just like him and yeah. a- a- admitted him into their crew of assholes <laughs> yeah. for that reason alone. Yeah. But instead, they got to be moon buddies. They are without a crew for less than 30 seconds before they crew back up again <laughs> without Boimler. Yeah. The, uh, there's got to be an out group for there to be an in group, I guess. Back on the Klingon ship, like mid-firefight, Kaboimler challenges his captain and gets a monologue for his trouble. Yeah. That's not what you want. Someone's going to die here, though, Ben. You yeah. don't just challenge a captain. No. And, and when a captain slaps you across the room, there's no, there's no like, way to not... You, you can't just back down, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> the Cerritos is in a lot of trouble, um, but we, we do break away from the firefight for one quick joke, which is the lower decks on the pack led ship where some lower decks are, are sitting there doing nothing. I was wondering if the stuff in those barrels were the, uh, were the rotten mushrooms or whatever that they offered to Freeman. Oh yeah. That she didn't accept. That's, that's a great point. That's canon, right? They're, they're just, Tripping on rotten mushrooms. Maybe that's what's making him so dumb. I already said that in that episode. This is my big theory. They're being slowly poisoned by mushrooms. Okay, I didn't realize. I I don't pay attention to the stuff you say. I'm just trying to think of funny shit to talk about. I know. It goes both ways. (laughs) I only listen to one half of this show. Mine. Uh, one one detail about that scene, Ben, that I really liked was how that guy, the guy who's hungry, his eyes blink at different times, <laughs> <laughs> which is big fun, I think. The uh, Vulcan ship shows up just in time to get in front of some phaser fire that surely would have destroyed the Cerritos. Its sh- its shields are not uh, are not doing great until Talyn reveals that her other project that she's been working on is a way to regenerate shields really quickly, and the captain basically has no choice but to install this program and run it, despite the fact that it hasn't been tested because they're going to die one way or the other. This is the moonshot, and it's- it works. And they're able to uh, disable the packled ship. On the bridge of the Klingon ship, Kaboimler wins his knife fight with the captain and is suddenly made captain of the Klingon ship. That's how it works over there. Besides the act of killing, it does seem very easy to advance on a Klingon ship. (laughs) I mean, I guess the captain just has to be like incredibly good at hand-to-hand combat. And incredibly vigilant about about not putting himself in a position to be surprised. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. So Kaboimler says, like, we got to go tell the high command what this guy was up to because this is this was some bullshit. And they warp out of there. Kind of looks like a, a retreat from the bridge of the Cerritos when they see the Klingon ship warp away. Freeman's starting to put this together, though. Yeah. From her end, right? Yeah, between the Vulcan ship and the Cerritos, they're able to uh, to fuck the Packled ship up enough that it it has to uh, bug out itself. That Packled ship is really tough. Like it's had parts shot off of it, and it's still like warp capable and doing fine. All of these space battle scenes are like best in breed Star Trek battle scenes yeah all of the sequences the way the ships move how close we are in proximity to them as they move yeah uh i just really think it's great it's really nicely done and it gives you like the star trek chills like like the the parts that give me the chills most often from the films are like the the climactic return fire you know like the the big win on the battlefield and like we actually get that moment here legitimately 
Yeah, it's it's great. It's really well done. And again, taking advantage of the ability of animation to show the yeah. inside the ship, below decks, the inside the bridge, the exteriors, the insides of the other ships. Like we get to move around so much more freely than we would in a live action show. They shot off in a cell like they like they did off of the Reliant. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you lose in a cell. Yeah. Battle's over. Yeah. So Freeman has has uh, worked out that the Klingons were probably behind this Packlet thing, and she's going to have to alert Starfleet Command about this. The Vulcan captain doesn't really want to talk much. Her punishment fits the crime, though, because uh, Talyn is going to be transferred to a Starfleet vessel yeah, to, yeah. to serve out the rest of her career. That's how it happens. That's your ass, Talyn. When the Vulcans send us their crew people, they're not sending us their best, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Not sending us their best whatsoever. I mean, you said said the thing about the like, the Vulcan captain being kind of the Vulcan version of a a bad manager earlier, but I think that this, like Talyn does not take this in this spirit, but Mm -hmm. I think this is actually like a really good manager move by this Vulcan. He's like, you're... You've got game. It just doesn't work here. And right. I'm transferring you to a place where they will be receptive to what you do. I agree with you there. Yeah. I, I sort of wonder if Talyn is being set up to be a cast member on this show. Like, is the Cerritos the ship she gets transferred to? Do we have enough main characters on this show? <laughs> I know I said that in kind of a flip way that may suggest that I do believe that to be the case. I kind of want to know more about the characters we've got. I don't know. I, it, it it just crossed my mind that it didn't. If she is getting transferred to Starfleet, there right. there may be a we haven't seen the last of Talyn implication in that. Then, with the threat neutralized, no further communication is necessary. In the Cerritos bar with uh, the gang, Boims is feeling the end of this episode in in a different way. From the rest of them. Yeah. He has looked back on this 12 hours with a sense of deep regret. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone else has had a great time except for him. And Mariner, Mariner does a kind thing here. She promises that the next time that they get a long warp, that they're going to spend that time together. Yeah. And then, uh, and then Boims gets a little ego boost. Just what he needs. Nothing boosts an ego like a slickback, right? <laughs> because when Boims goes to the bar, this slickback sidles up to him and approaches him for mentorship. Like anyone who has recently experienced the death of their parents, this guy is just clinging to any kind of hope for their future. Yeah. I I was shocked that he hadn't figured out a way to dye his hair purple by the end right. of the scene. <laughs> uh, Boims is going to be a great mentor for this guy. Yeah. I think uh, it's also just a, a a funny reminder. Like I, I feel like I have the same cognitive bias problem that Boimler does, which is I'm always focused on like like how come those guys are all commanders and I'm stuck here just as an ensign. I never think about the the cadets that look up to me. Right, and because the shit always rolls downhill, we get the bends with Boimler from like being totally despondent at the table with his pals to as soon as the slickback talks to him, like he's he's puffed up again. Yeah. He he's above someone else in the multi-level career marketing <laughs> scheme of Starfleet. Yeah. But, uh, and, uh, but crucially, like Ransom has said like a really complimentary thing to the slick back about Boimler. So right. I think that that's coming from both directions. Ransom stock has been doing nothing but going up since he became an all-powerful being. Yeah. Yeah. All it took was a couple of kicks to that guy's nuts, and he's become uh, one of my favorite characters. Yeah. That's all it takes. Well, Ben, did you like this episode? I did. I, I especially liked the uh, the the static shot we get for the credits roll. Yeah, I guess all decks on a board cube are are lower decks. That's right, except where the queen lives. Yeah, but is she? On, she's not on every cube, is she? It's just the queen, and then every other deck is lower. Yeah, they're not really ah. lower then, are they? It's like 
There's no local vertical. The the queen isn't at the top of the ship. The ship the ship is is strangely generalized. There isn't like there aren't like parts that that do one thing or another. Once again, I ask, why must the queen stay in her own private quarters while the drones go out and do 99% of the work? But I did really like the episode, and I thought it was a really impressive high-wire act of being a very plotty, uh, like an, and, and, and an episode that really deals with a lot of the storyline of season two while also finding really funny ways to like move around and do bits and be a, be pretty jam packed with jokes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I thought it was a really good episode. How about you? I think much in the same way that like, it's a governing principle for the show that you and I make. Like we, when we first started out, we were like, you could love our show, you could hate it, but it is going to be well made. Yeah. Like like full stop. It's going to be well made. And this is one of those episodes that made me think about how whether or not you can get with Lower Decks, God, this is just a really well made show because the battle scenes are incredible as we dodge around to all the different locations. The music is following the visual. Like everything is constructed so well that if for some reason you are an unlaughing consumer of of the Star Trek universe, yeah, like I feel like at minimum you can get with how much the show tries, yeah, to make it good, yeah. And I did really like this episode, but I just wanted to speak to just in general what this episode made me feel for for what it's trying to to make throughout the series it's it's fucking great yeah and and i found the episode really funny i've said it from the start ben star trek is a places <laughs> yeah and we see so many places in this one episode to prove that theory it really it it, it, it may be as unique as an episode as an effort to prove that theory yeah i really liked how they passed the baton around it it's a it's a fun construction of an episode well i have a theory adam that we have priority one messages in our inbox. Do you want to test that theory? I mean, we've got to test every theory. That's what makes us Star Trek scientists. <laughs> priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Ben, would you look at these priority one messages? The first one is of a promotional nature. Wow. By someone you may recognize. The message goes like this, Ben. Actually, I started it with Ben. The message doesn't start with that. It starts like this. Do you like D&D? What about Diablo 2? Valheim? Phasmophobia? Half-Life? Halo? Or weird games that Rob's finds? Wow. We play D&D on Sunday evenings with fellow FOD Winter Newt and several others with individual and group streams throughout the rest of the week. Come join our burgeoning community. Check us out at twitch.tv slash defested. Twitch.tv slash robsrobs. And twitch.tv slash phantomdirector. And director is spelled with a K. Ben slash Adam, y'all are great, as always. So this was from Ensign Jake of the Uxbridge Shimoda ship Defested. We love Defested. <laughs> yeah, what's up, Defested? A sort of Twitch network of friends of DeSoto out there in those Twitch streets doing shows. Yeah. And uh, included in that list is the former producer of this very podcast, Rob's, 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 Rob's. How about that? Very nice. Go check them out. Yeah, go, go check them out and go throw them follows. Go, go start a hype train. Yeah, even. start a hype train. We'll find out what that means someday. Rob's will only tell us what that is once he receives one. <laughs> and then the secret will be revealed. All will be revealed. We have another P1 here. It's from Gus, and it's to Ben, and it goes like this. Hey, too late for a get well Ben P1, but just wanted oh, to say... Oh, it's too early. 
<laughs> it's never too late, Gus. <laughs> Uh, but just wanted to say that the pod was a big help in getting me through my own case of COVID in the end of September. I'm fine. Whoa. Glad you didn't Dr. Katz your way out of getting tested. Her name is Dr. Tana. And take phage to a bunch of McLaughlin groups. Issue one. Issue two. Issue three. Issue four. Hope you're back to 100%, champ. Well, thank you so much, Gus. I am back to 100%. I can even smell again. And uh, wow, I'm the smelliest Star Trek podcaster there is, which is saying a lot. You've got super smells now, <laughs> yeah. Surprised you can't smell me from there, boy. It's great. Like, just like the moment you got your smells back, you get a bout of diarrhea that lasts for two whole days. <laughs> Flawless timing, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, I got a lot of well wishes from around the friends of DeSoto verse, including Bree Belke sent me a, a card, even Bree Belke. Almost worth being sick or sad in order to receive. She's great. She really is. Um, thanks to everyone who left a P1 here on the show. If you would like a Priority One message, head to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. Set it up. Set it up. Hey, Ben. What's that, Adam? Did you discover yourself and Edward Larkin? I did. Um, I was going to give it to Shax for his uh, freak out in the pottery bay. Uh-huh. But then uh, I decided to give it to Shax for the way he celebrates at the end of the battle. He like breaks into Bajoran and like is just like he's like pointing at the screen with one arm while pumping his fist at the other. And I just think like happy Shax is so infectious. He's that, great. Yeah. Uh, he he got my he 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 would if he didn't get it for the one he would have gotten it for the other so uh, for that reason Shax is my Edward Larkin. You want your Papa Bear happy? Yeah. How about you? My Edward Larkin happens in the background of a scene early on in the in the Cerritos bar when Boims buys that drink for Kayshawn. There's someone at the bar playing Suck Disc. <laughs> oh yeah, I saw that. That is a dangerous thing unfolding just behind them. <laughs> well, you know how like synthahol is is like you get some of the fun of alcohol, but you can dim- dismiss the effects. You think this is synth disc? Synth disc. <laughs> it's gotta be right because everyone loved the game even without the the shot of cocaine into yeah. your brain. I mean, it seems fun as hell, right? You get that disc into that into that funnel yeah. with your mind. Yeah. Yeah, so so my Edward Larkin's going to be a person casually playing suck disc in the back. And also, this person playing suck disc is is sitting with someone who isn't. <laughs> That's lame as hell. Yeah. That's like having drinks with someone who won't stop looking at their phone. It's like my college roommate who would have his girlfriend over and make her watch him play games on his Game Boy. No one wants to do that. Guy sucked. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Fuck him. <laughs> You sure showed him with your two Star Trek podcasts. (laughs) Ben, what do we got coming up for the next episode? It's going to be the the season finale of Lower Deck Season 2, huh? Yeah, the next episode is called Season 2, Episode 10, and we don't know what it's about. I'm grieving the end of this season already, Ben. I don't want it to go. I want a 26-episode Lower Deck season. Yeah. If Mike McMahon's out there listening, and I have a feeling he is, Come on, man. Go for 26. Get Kurtzman to, to green light a 26-episode season. Yeah. Um, wow. Well, Adam, I can tell that your upset is probably going to make the end credits of this episode basically unlistenable. Oh, yeah. I'm going to bring it. I'm going to bring it to these credits like it has never been brought before. It's just going to be a despondent, sad Adam trying to make his way through some some business that he's got to attend to. So yeah. listen, if you're li- if you're a listener, you have my permission to turn this episode off now. You do not have to you do not have to slog through that shit. I don't think that's a good idea because I'm about to come in with some very important information. Wow. You're not going to want to miss it. Well, I might. I tend to skip the the end credits of these uh when I when I QA these, but um 
Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. You can just fuck right off, Ben. <laughs> you know what? We don't want you for this part anyway. It's me and the FODs that got it from here. Well, there you have it. Another great episode of the hit new Star Trek podcast, The Greatest Discovery, is in the books. Next week, we'll be right back here to bring you the Lower Deck Season 2 finale. We've already seen it. We've already recorded the episode. And it's really good. I mean, the Lower Decks finale. Our show is always what it is. Hey, if you like what we've done here on The Greatest Discovery, I invite you to support the show. And there are a couple ways to do that. Rating and reviewing the show keeps us relevant to the algorithm that controls our lives and invisibly pulls the strings on every part of our society. We've got new merch at podshop.biz for you to check out. Priority One messages are available for most upcoming episodes of Greatest Discovery, and you can enshrine your message on our show at MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. And finally, financial support really makes this show possible at MaximumFun.org slash join. Adam Ragusea makes our music. Bill Tilly is our chief engineer of social media at Greatest Trek on Twitter and Instagram. Our official social media accounts are supplemented by some great fan-made communities like Discord at DrunkShimoda.com, the Reddit page, r slash GreatestGen, and the many Facebook groups and pages you can find loosely and tightly related to the Greatest Gen family of shows. Have a great rest of the week, and thanks for listening to The Greatest Discovery. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.